1: Make your next vacation an experience for the senses. Andas Hotels and Resorts draw upon the sights, scents, textures, tastes, and sounds of the surrounding culture to offer distinctive, luxurious days worldwide. Learn more at Andas.com. Yeah, Romanov. Romanovs. I'm Olga Romanov. Michael Romanov. He said he was a Romanov. You know she's a Romanov. Checking in for Romanov. I'm Romanov. So tired of this Romanov shit. Nicholas Romanov. I could. be a Romanoff. He's Romanov too.
0: Hello and welcome to Still Watching the Romanovs. I'm Vanity Fair senior writer Joanna Robinson.
2: And I'm Vanity Fair chief critic Richard Lawson.
0: Today we will be discussing the penultimate episode of Season 1 of The Romanoffs. This is Episode 7, titled End of the Line, and we'll also be speaking with episode star Annette Mahendrew, who many of you may recognize from her work on The Americans. Um, this is an episode that is directed, as ever, by Matthew Weiner, but the people with sole writing credits on the episode are André-Jacques Maton and Maria-Jacques Maton, uh, a duo who have worked with Weiner since 2007 when they were you know worked with him on mad men uh this is based on their true life experience trying to go to russia to adopt a child and i think you can really see the way in which this episode stands out from the rest of the season um richard just generally i mean i already know spoiler cuz you texted him me or messaged me but like what did you think of this episode
2: <laughs> I thought this episode was great. I thought it prodded at a lot of interesting um, contemporary things that for whatever reason have swirled around my life personally, um, mm. then sort of buttressed by this really incredible central performance from Catherine uh, Hahn, who is doing a similar storyline in a way to what she's doing wonderfully in the netflix movie Tamara jenkins film um private life so it's interesting to see her visiting the same topic which is a couple struggling with infertility and adoption um but done in a much different tone and um you know worldview
0: Yeah, so we should say that uh Katherine Hahn and Jay Ferguson, who a lot of people know um as a member of the Pussy Posse, right? No, uh he is, but also uh (laughs) one of one of my favorite performers on Mad Men, uh he played Stan Rizzo, uh star as husband and wife Anka and Joe Garner who have come because to Russia to adopt a child because they cannot have one of their owns. Um Annette Mahendry plays someone named Elena Ivanovich, who is sort of their like fixer. I don't know how exactly you would describe her. Um, and then Clay, the great Clay Duval, uh, as another mother, sort of in, in the same hotel, um, named Patricia. And, you know, this is, this is a story about sort of, um, expectations raised, expectations dashed, uh, definitely like, I hate to use a phrase so cutesy as fish out of water, but I think this episode really, even much more successfully, I would say than last week's episode, which is a trip to Mexico, this trip to Russia um is really, I felt like sort of anxiously swimming through um a different culture the whole time. But I mean, as you mentioned, last week, we were discussing uh, Panorama episode six. um That is an episode told from the point of view of someone who lives inside this place. This is an episode told from the point of view of two white Americans who have come to Russia and are trying to navigate many layers of bureaucracy, uh, in order to get to complete this adoption process. Uh, something goes wrong with the child, you know, the child that they, um, have expected to adopt Oksana, uh, is ill. And then, like, that prompts a discussion between Joe and Anka, um, about, you know, Almost a, like, do I really know you come to Jesus, uh, relationship conversation.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Did you feel comfortable, like, leading with some of these, um, contemporary to your life issues that you feel like the episode was, was prodding? Um,
2: as you um, yeah. I mean, it's interesting, like, um, it, it kind of, it's kind of twofold. One is that I've no, I, I have family members, uh, who have adopted from, well, a former, um, you know, Soviet Republic, not Russia itself. Um and, and kind of the charge dynamics around that. I have a, a another good good old friend whose um whose parents did a similar thing, but in a in a kind of w- weird way where they had the kid live with them for a while, then she went back to her country, and then the years later they felt bad and went back and got her and adopted her. Um, and so there's a kind of fraught thing with adoption from that part of the world. Um, but also, you know, as a gay guy who has friends who are gay in gay couples who are considering having children, I think all of these ethical questions about adoption and about where these babies are coming from, why people are choosing babies from those particular places. Um, when as J.R. Ferguson's character points out, there are many babies in this, in, in the United States who need homes, but it's a matter of oftentimes race, which I thought was, uh, you know, I thought that was interesting that was brought up in this episode. Um, so it's just a lot of stuff that I feel like I have conversations about in private life. Um, that, you know, it was just interesting to see. I'm not in the process of adoption or anything like that, but, uh, it was interesting to see, uh, that sort of staged out in this, the world, uh, the, the loosely, you know, t- tied together world of this show.
0: Yeah, it's, it's always interesting, I think, to watch a story where, um, people start out on the same page, uh, and wind up on completely different pages, you know, because this episode, for so much of the beginning of this episode, we see this couple, Joe and Anka, like, as they navigate these very, uh, this a very unfamiliar territory, they are a united front they are sort of like sharing glances and eye rolls and like, you know, whatever at the various things that they see, which may or may not be like really derogatory towards the current state of Russia. Uh, though I did talk, uh, speak with Annette a little bit about this. She is, um, was not born and raised in Russia, but like her, her sense is this is like very accurate of what's going on in Russia. She is of Russian extraction. Um, but, you know, whether or not this is wholly accurate, what we see are these, you know, this couple, husband and wife, they're united, they're excited, they're together. And then this thing comes that sort of drives this wedge between, you know, or, or illuminates a different worldview, like that they didn't know they were on other sides of. And I found the last shot of this episode, not to skip ahead, like – very, uh, well done and unsettling because it's, you know, we're back in the plane. We're going home. They've got their replacement baby. Um, after the first baby is revealed as ill. Um, you know, Anka is insistent that they don't keep the ill baby. Uh, Joe is like, we made a commitment. We're keeping this baby. I don't even feel like I know you. If you think you're going to, and then they get like a replacement healthier baby and there's this big quorum scene and then they're on the plane. They're going home. And I, I love jay ferguson in matthew weiner stuff like stan rizzo is one of my favorite characters on Mad Men, like big time and that's i don't i don't like anyway point being the last shot which is very like the end of the graduate where you've got like two people happy and then like the camera is just on joe's face she's in the background and his face like falls and you're just sort of like get this unsettling like uh uh-oh we don't know what's gonna happen uh is this a happily ever after i just find that so interesting because like when you enter into a marriage, she says, not having been married, um, you know, you'd like to think that you're on the same page. And as you grow and as you change and as you discover things about each other, like uh, something like this, you can't plan for and you can't see coming necessarily. And you can try to make sure that you're going to approach everything the same way. But how can you foresee, you know, a child potentially, like, I think, we're supposed to take it as fetal alcohol syndrome, um, who, you know, at the very least, like, you know, is hearing impaired. How how are you supposed to plan for this? And I just found the journey, this is only an hour and a half, but the journey with those characters, because these performers are so good, Catherine Hahn especially, I just found that like a really effective journey for the episode to take us on.
2: Yeah, and I think also, you know, uh, they're careful to keep it that we don't know for sure that anything is wrong with that first baby. Yeah. You know, we're going off a little girl pointing and saying a word, but you know, what does that really mean? Um, you know, I was thinking maybe they rubbed vodka on its gums to keep it quiet or something. Like maybe that's what she was referring to. Like it, it's not definitive that, that the first baby, the first Oksana is actually, um, you know, uh, has anything wrong with her health-wise. Um, it's just all of that presumption. And I think that, you know, the, the cutesy title of this episode, which is referring, of course, to the town in Russia where they are, which is Vladivostok, which is the end of the Trans-Siberia Railroad, um, uh, on the eastern end of the railroad, um, but also is referring to, you know, adopting a child is, in some sense, is ending a family line. Uh, and then we're talking about the Romanovs and all that. So I think that uh, – but I think that what that gets at in a really interesting way is when um, – Joe asks Anka, "Like, okay, but so what would it, what would you have done if that that one pregnancy had held and they did an amnio and yeah. it was Down syndrome?" And she says, "I wouldn't have done it." And she can say that now because it's passed and it, she did never had to make that decision. And so I think it's really teasing at an interesting question of what is the actual concrete value of the bloodline versus. You know, mm-hmm. nature versus nurture and like, because something could be wrong with a kid you have naturally, you know, um, and something could be wrong with a kid you adopt. And, you know, there's really no way to sort of assess that in any actual quantitative way. So then it all just becomes about pride. And I think a certain ego, uh, about, you know, the sort of nobility of your own stock. Uh, and it's a question that I have with a lot of gay friends who, are, you know, wealthy enough that they're adopting or whatever, or, or no, excuse me, wealthy enough that they're doing, um, surrogacy or whatever. And I'm saying, well, but there, you could adopt too. Like, why is it so important that your line continue?
0: Yeah, that ego, I, I think that's fascinating. And, and I think that ego or, you know, to, to, I think ego on the, on the least charitable end of the spectrum and then just sort of like wanting to see yourself reflected and, um, you know, the child you're, you're rearing on the more positive side of the spectrum, I think both, you know, the truth is fluid along that whole spectrum. But the um, this idea of, I mean, I guess I won't out who it is because I don't know if they want, like, the general public to know, not that everyone is following all the people in my life that closely, but, you know, there is someone who's very close to me who has, who has children who has said very, like, Emphatically, without, uh, uh, like, even questioning it, uh, you know, it, through all the tests that this person had when, like, you know, they were expecting a child, uh, you know, if there is something, you know, I don't know, I struggled with, with the word. I don't want to see you, like, wrong or defective. If there's something, like, you know, that shows up on the tests that will make our lives raising this child, very challenging and make that life, that child's life very challenging. This person said, I have no doubt about it. This is not happening. Mm -hmm. Um, and like, that's just, you know, this, this episode, even though it's about adoption becomes also, yes, about abortion and about like, um, those choices that like, uh, I believe that person who told me that. And I was kind of like, I I was surprise not not in a judgmental way but just sort of like in how sure and i believe that they were sure i believe that no matter what the like if those tests had shown that i believe that that person was sure they were just sure and matter of fact about it and this is not a person who's like devoid of emotion or affection this is a person who's a tremendous parent but the same point like this just became like a matter of science to them and then it's an even uh, like more challenging conversation to have when you're talking about like a child that they can see. And I think the two centerpiece scenes of this episode are one, that fight that we keep referencing and that, that debate, that argument that these two married couple, this married couple has. And the other is the scene where, which is shot from like the point of view of the baby, where it's the two of them sort of like leaning over the baby and discovering that something is or could be wrong. And uh, I just think it's, it's like beautifully shot. Um the you know, the way in which Catherine Hahn and Jay Ferguson really run the gamut of their like excitement to their curiosity, to their fear and disappointment and worry. Um, you know, all all just on their faces is was really an incredible piece of television.
2: Yeah, and I could I could see from certainly an angle of someone who was adopted or who has adopted um taking offense to this episode because I think that you know, when you see in that scene the love so quickly li- leave their eyes, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, and it becomes this fear, and then a kind of disgust. Um, and then they then later in the, the bruising hotel room f- scene where you know Joe keeps saying this, is, you're, "You're not a customer. This isn't a sale," and she's like, "Yes, it is. Yes, it is." And so you're kind of reducing, and and they keep saying, "Oh, we're not heroes for doing this," blah blah blah, and so it's having this interesting discussion of like, what are the sort of you know, altruistic components or mechanisms of adoption, like, like how much of it is transactional, how much of it is this kind of, you know, ordained, like, that's our baby, like, I knew it from the minute I saw the photo or whatever, you know, because people can kind of put the like that yeah. language on it. But when you get to this crux moment where I could back out of this, uh, how quickly it the baby became an object. You know, and and I don't, you know, I, I I'm not adopted. I, I haven't adopted anyone myself, and I so I don't know who out there listening to this might or watching the episode might feel that that uh, the episode takes a really nasty kind of cynical take on it. But uh, it was interesting to watch anyway, and I think the kind of crux of the episode, and I would argue in some senses the whole this whole show, this whole project. Is where he says, I didn't know you were that kind of person. And she said something, or she, or I didn't know you were like that. And she says, everyone is like this. Yeah. And the idea that like, when you get down to it, that everyone is just sort of prideful and clinging to some idea of themselves and of their past and of their future, that very little, you know, w- they can stand very little to get in the w- w- way of it, that, you know, that, that they're kind of f- trying to fulfill that sense of belonging and place in the world and the sense of, of a narrative grander than a simple life. Um, I think that that, and, and what, what child has to do with all that with legacy, uh, I think is really interesting. And I, it was nice to see in this penultimate episode, uh, that sort of more, I think that grander summation being made.
0: Yeah. And you know, we, we, uh, I think you're right that um, people who are adopted could take offense. People who, um, you know, have debated adoption could take offense. People who, um, like, there's, there's a number of ways one could take offense. What I do think this episode does ra- rather beautifully is offer points of view that seem kind of binary there's there's a lot of point of views because it's not just like anka's worldview versus joe's worldview because i really do feel like you get um the uh, clay duvall's character patricia you get her worldview and you get um annette as elena um you get that worldview it's it's all very like there's pragmatism and there's emotionality and there's um a whole bunch of little dots on the spectrum in between but something that i that i want to say that this episode does really well um is, you know, is one thing to talk about, like, um, terminating a pregnancy, um, and then you don't have to, like, necessarily have to, whatever, contemplate, um, you know, w- what that child's other future is because that child is not being brought into the world. Whereas in this episode, this, this episode does so much to underline the future for this, baby Oksana who they're leaving behind. There's constant discussion about like what options there are for young Russians these days, you know, like, um, Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, what they're, (laughs) and there's all this like really gross. I mean, I'm sympathetic to the Anka character because it's played by Catherine Hahn, who's so good at letting you in, uh, inside her emotions. Um, but at the same time, she says a lot of stuff uh, so dismissive about, uh, where they are in Russia. And like, yeah, it looks, it looks freezing cold. It looks like intimidating because of all the bureaucracy and the armed guards. Um, there's poverty. There's just all kinds of stuff that, that, um, you know, makes it an unfriendly place for these Americans. But at the same time, like, both of the, these American women who are thinking of adopting children have this conversation about, like, aren't we sort of amazing that we're saving them from this? It's like a really disgusting conversation in many ways. Uh, yeah. even, even though it's attended by their own American white guilt about saying it, they still say it. You know what I mean? And they still believe it. And so when they leave this other child, when Joe and Anka leave this other child behind, um, they're leaving this child in, in conditions that they deem unworthy to even talk about, you know? So it's, mm-hmm.
2: it adds a layer. Yeah. And then you have this, this, this person who, you know, I guess somewhat sheepishly, at least in the room, but probably proudly enough that she's, you know, because her husband knows all about it. Who is like, like, yeah, I'm a Romanov, but this is the first time anyone in this series who is a Romanov is like confronting contemporary Russia and confronting Russia, exactly. You know, yeah. and 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 finding it not to be the glittering palaces of Saint Petersburg, but actually a cold, you know hard scrabble city surrounded by poor villages, like, you know, and I'm not saying that that's all of Russian life by any means, but it's a facet of it. Like, it's a facet of American life, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's, it's just like an interesting, and I, and I think that, you know, uh, Mahendra was so good in this episode, and, uh, I love the line that gets cut off where she says, yeah, young men in Russia, they have the military or, and then she's like, oh, we're here. And like, doesn't say what the ore is. Know, yeah. And you just, so you're just like, oh, but well, what is it? The mafia? Like what, what is she talking yeah. about? You know? Um And then there's of course the stilted conversation that Anka has with the sex worker at the hotel and like the sort of patronizing way she talks to her. She's like, do you want to buy a nice house? And the girl says here, <laughs> like in, in sort of disbelief. Yeah. Um So I think that it's interesting to watch the show kind of finally arrive in Russia uh and 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 sort of think about uh all that and i think that 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 tension uh, of them arriving there and being like oh my god where are we is so well done in the first you know portion of this episode where it's almost playing like a thriller you know they're going through customs and and on they, you know we we know that they have money in, in their bag and we don't really know what it's for yet or maybe we've just kind of figured it out but but then you know even everything past that where you know making sure that the right people the right palms are greased the, this is this is happening the right way like it's really nerve-wracking and then you have elena kind of being you know sort of stern and business-like but then leavening it and being like no it's no, no big deal everything's fine everything's fine and so that conflict of us of people in a strange culture that they are there to take something from and in fact she anka at least has been taking something from as long as she's been, you know, aware and vocal about her supposed lineage, um, I think is really interesting. And it, it's, it's, I'm, I'm curious what the final episode will be because this in some ways felt like, well, the end of the line.
0: I think this episode has so much going on and I'm all the more impressed by it, given the fact that it was written by a husband and wife team who seem to have gone through, uh, you know, who knows exactly how autobiographical this episode is, but it's certainly based on their experience. And I think it's, um... You know, if it is very autobiographical, it's brave for this woman, Maria, uh, to like paint herself in this light because there's so much judgment around women and motherhood and your approach toward, you know, the, the nurturing way you're supposed to be. Uh, the way this episode is gender flipped in its, um, you know, and it's sort of standard reactions, emotional reaction versus rational reaction or whatever. And, um, I, you know, I'm, I am impressed with Katherine Hahn for playing this role. I mean, this sounds so silly. Like, oh, how brave. But really, honestly, I think like one of the, one of the remaining taboos, uh, in, in American culture, at least is like a woman who is not all in on maternal emotionality you know what i mean like it's just it's it's a it's a thing that has so much judgment attended to it and and to see this episode treat with it i think is is really fascinating and and then in theory if, if this couple um you know who who had this this real life couple who had this experience um if they're you know showing some of the skeletons in the closet of their own relationship and they're still together so you know this is something that they've worked through but i you know I find all of that very fascinating.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, not to keep going back to that same scene, but like, it's just, it's, it goes on and on and on. And they keep saying, you know, really intense kind of taboo things. Um, but in a way that feels, you know, because knowing the pedigree who, who wrote it and, and who lived it, like it feels very honest, unflinchingly. So, and, um, you know, I don't think that anyone comes out right or wrong necessarily. um, but I, I appreciated that sort of unadorned honesty when so much of this series has been people, you know, trying and failing to behave politely in, in certain, you know, social situa- situations or, or, or professional situations or whatever. And here, you know, it's just uh, two people uh, in a hotel room in a, in a faraway country uh, just like tearing their relationship down to the studs or, or at least – the kind of core want of their relationship that has devoured everything else. And I think that that is something that's really reflect, that it reflects really well the, the, the other movie that, that, uh, Catherine Hahn is in, Private Life, where, where it talks about that too. It's like this consuming desire to, uh, continue the line or whatever. Uh, it can make your present sort of like, what, 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 what are we doing? You know, what are the two of us doing sans this third entity that we don't know?
0: It makes me wish that I could talk a little bit more about this with someone who, you know, has, has agonized over this, but it it truly is just something that, uh, can eat at the most solid of, of foundations. And I like what you have to say about the fact that this is the first episode that really grapples with the Russia of the Romanov legacy because we have such like, we have such an embattled, we as Americans have such an embattled relationship with Russia right now, um, at least on a, you know, political front. And so, you know, it's funny because Richard, you and I grew up in this era. We came through the like era where the Russians were the baddies and everything because of the cold war. And then it was sort of like, in theory, we came back from that and went, no, this is the modern Russia. And, you know, it, it, it was ridiculous for, for the Russians to be the villains in a story like they're humans. And, and, you know, let's just, let's just move on from that. And then like, you know, just so recently we've swung hard back to, um, no, like, the Russians are our enemies again. Everything old is new again. And so, like, um, I, I don't think this episode attempts to paint Russia as a villainous place by any source of the imagination, but just as a place of hard truths and a place of hard truths that this series as yet had not really dealt with.
2: So. Yeah. And, you know, Russia for a long time, you know, pre Bolsheviks, you know, and, and post, uh, is, has been a country that has struggled and, and not even just a country, but an idea of a territory, you know, with the USSR and everything that has struggled with a sense of place and belonging. Like, is it European? Well, you know, in the Tsarist era, they really were certainly trying to be. And, you know, as, as Joe points out in the episode, the Romanovs weren't even Russian. They were German. And, and I, I think that, you know, contemporary Russia certainly is, you know, straining to figure out with their place in the world, you know, violently at times, uh, from the government, but, you know, I think in a national identity in, 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 in different and more complicated ways. Uh, and so, you know, if that's the kind of vaguer thematic thing of this show, uh, I think this is definitely the episode that distills that I think the most smartly and affectingly.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, this seems like the perfect opportunity to go to our conversation with Annette Mahendru.
1: Aranda's Hotels and Resorts travel means taking in your destinations every sight, smell, taste, touch, and sound. From London to Maui, Napa Valley, Tokyo, and New York City. Aranda's Hotels and Resorts draw on the unique, authentic senses of locales around the globe. To dissolve the barrier between your destination and your luxury hotel experience. Visit ondas.com to learn more. Hi, I'm Michael Calori, the co host of Wired's Gadget Lab.
2: And I'm Lauren Good, the other co host of Wired's Gadget Lab. Get ready to dive deep into the cultural phenomenon that's been shaping conversations, sparking movements, and breaking barriers for over a decade.
1: The new three-part docuseries, Black Twitter, A People's History, based on the groundbreaking Wired cover story by Jason Parham, explores everything from the fun, games, and inside jokes that characterized the early years of Black Twitter to the social movements, the voices, and the hashtags that made Black Twitter an influential force in nearly every aspect of American political culture. Join us as we unravel the threads of this digital community, tracing its origins, celebrating its triumphs, and exploring its impact on society at large.
2: Watch the series from Onyx Collective in association with Wired Studios, premiering on Hulu on May 9th. Annette, thank you
0: so much for joining us. I am particularly excited to talk to you since you were the only performer of Russian extraction that I am talking to about the Romanovs. So I am especially interested to know how much you knew about the Romanovs before starting on this particular show.
3: Well, the first thing my mom threw at me is that, Oh, actually I knew that a while ago and I kind of didn't, you know, thought it was a little silly. Um, on my mom's dad's side, uh, his, um, Brothers and sisters are a bunch of scholars and apparently there's some sort of relics that they held on to or have. And you know, they trade back and somehow think that, that they're actually related. She said that to me again and I was like, oh, okay. And I've, I've maybe said that to one other person because, you know, but hey, why not? Because we're all pretending to be Romanovs on the show anyway. So
0: you're telling me that you're, you're a Romanov. No, I'm
3: not <laughs> saying. Anything. I am saying that uh, my grandpa's siblings are saying that what do you think <laughs> in of- russia in- so i've never i've never met them oh I haven't seen them in a very long time and I don't remember meeting them but you know maybe they're walking around in like uh cape bizarre <laughs> stuff <laughs> what, <laughs> what, what do
0: you think it is about claiming to be a Romanov? like what is what is the obsession behind the Romanovs? What does it mean to claim to be a Romanov? Like what is that
3: all about? Well, it's, you know, it's uh ordinary folks wanting to be extraordinary, you know, and uh, um you know, in my in my episode 2, Anka and Joe Garner, they go uh played by Catherine and Jay they go to russia to trace back her lineage lineage mm-hmm. and and she believes that and and she wants a baby with russian uh, from the russian gene pool so it could be more like her so um you know we all are trying to connect in any way we can to something greater within us
0: i, I don't know I don't know if this is exactly true, but I think it's true that your episode is the, is the only one that's based on very much on a real story of, um, Marie and Andre Jacques Maton, like told this story of them trying to go to Russia to adopt a baby. Uh, you know, were you aware of that when you're making it? Did you get to talk to them about their experience?
3: Like, how is that involved in this episode? I'm so happy we get to talk about it. Um, yeah, so, so it's a very special story and Matt worked with them for a very long time and he wrote that, uh, cause of them and, and, and they were there. They came to location and, uh, we had a, a little cast dinner before we started shooting and, um, I got to talk to them and it, it was very emotional to them. They, you know, they wrote it and they, they have a daughter who's grown now they went to Russia and adopted her and, and that was them diving back into that insane experience and, and talking about it. So, so, and then, and then now seeing it on screen and it's something very private that they shared, but working with Matt, it, it just, it feels very intimate and he makes you feel like family. And, and so it's, it's, uh, it's the it's it's the uh best way to share something like that is in his hands. So, uh, it's very safe and very beautifully done. And 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 yeah. So I talked to them. I asked them. I said, well, what was this lady like that you dealt with? And you obviously wrote a like this for a reason. And was she was she's been through a lot. This woman and and she helps people in the way she can she knows how to and uh it's 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 a weird kind of transaction between people that's going on with any time whether it's a child is involved and and you want to make sure that child gets adopted and you don't know what the problems may be it's these kids have been through something already and since their conception they weren't they weren't okay. So uh the, it's a bigger question of just something something physical, or something up with a kid. It's just all the needs it has now going forwards in general and 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 it's all obviously doable and, and they did it. So we knew we can do it as artists. Did you
0: feel like then the depiction of sort of Russian bureaucracy you were the various bribing systems or whatever it is, all the hoops that uh, this couple jumped through in the episode. Does that feel like an accurate depiction to you?
3: Yeah. You go to, to a small town and things are done. doesn't mean all of Russia looks like that and, and lives like that, but people do whatever they need in any part of the world to survive. And you need to sell some clothes with tags on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you need to sell some clothes with tags on. You know? Right. Right. Like, the babies still have things to wear. It's not, you don't need that many clothes <laughs> if you think about it.
0: Um. Was Jay, who worked on Mad Men for so long with Matt Weiner, was he able to give you any tips on how to negotiate Matt's very particular process of making a TV series?
3: We, we did, it, we kind of started, we, we shot a scene and it was obviously a new experience for me and he's a master and I had my nerves and I didn't know what to, Really, what it would be like, and um it was cat Catherine, uh, Catherine's first time too and and you know Jay came into my trailer afterwards and kind of told me, you know i always when I'm working with someone who's um quite admire who who I know has their ways, I always like to know what what do they like what do they don't like I like to make those adjustments because because they've been doing it for a very long time, so Jay kind of you know walked in and was like, "Hey, you know, uh, gave me his two cents, and I really appreciated that and i I think Matt's been compared to Stanley Kubrick, and he's the source of all these things, so he's a lot, and he's um he he's he, you know he has that depth and that that intense and intensity and and so you, you know, you're up against that really deep well. And so I know I just had to bring my best and, and the story itself bears a lot of responsibility. And so I was up for a lot and I, and I grew immensely because of that experience. And it, it was quite wonderful to collaborate with Matt. And, and it, it gave me a whole new sense of, um, Self and and confidence and and uh, which any role hopefully does and that's the reason why I I like to tell stories is to transform and and uh, but in all of this and all in all of this mastery he's so mad it's so he's so real and so present and, and and time just flows differently with him you know he he really he's really there with you. And, and that's priceless because people like that, you think, oh, they don't have time, you know, they they don't have time for me out of (laughs) everyone. And, and uh, hats off to him because I felt like I felt, I felt I had all the permission in the world to play. And then I was
0: You've done such amazing work on, on long serialized shows like, like The Americans or like, I really loved your work on Tyron as well. When you are part, when you're in something like this, which is its own weird little animal where you're like, you're part of a larger story of the Romanovs, but this is a self-contained, um, little story within it, you know, what is that like? Do you think about how this connects to the larger picture of the whole series, or do you just focus on your own little story that you're telling?
3: Well, he did say, I was obviously very curious about how it it fit into the big picture. And he said, you know, it's about, it's about love. (laughs) And that was beautiful and, and put things at ease. and, And ultimately about be, being authentic, getting to know each other, um, taking the leap and, and getting what we really want, what we've been dreaming of, and this couple goes to to Russia for crying out loud and to to have a family and leave their home to make a home somewhere else and then bring it back and, and make it all work and and that's crazy beautiful and and i was and i got to play the person who was, was uh who's uh, alleviating them in that process so and so we people from different countries connected and 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 overcame things together that's what it all is about at the end
0: you mentioned that this character is based on a on a real life person who affected um someone's lives so immensely but did you, were you able to base this performance, which is such a fun sort of like out there performance for you. Were you able to base that on on anyone you know,
3: uh, any Russians you know, any Americans you know? Oh, talk to, I know how much the story meant to Maria and Andre and how much this woman, how strange the circumstances were, but how how she really helped them and how they are 100 percent grateful for her for expanding, helping them expand their family, helping them create something, you know, so intimate. And, and, and so I, I, you know, the, their appreciation for her and, and what she does really helped me create her and, and, you know, and, and understand her. And, and so it came from a really good place. And, and she, and in, in all her kind of do we you know, do we trust or do we not? Is she good? Is she bad? Like there's she's doing something quite wonderful and I I stayed with that.
0: Excellent. Well thank you. Thank you so much. Um I really appreciate the time and, and thanks for your performance in this episode. It's really beautiful. Oh thank you. I'm so glad you enjoyed it. Um so this is the last episode that I had seen in advance. And I was really excited for us to get to this episode because I knew how much you loved Um, you know, I knew that you loved this other Catherine Hahn film that dealt with a very similar issue like i knew all of this about you richard and so i was like well i really want richard to see this Mm -hmm. cat i'm like this is this was like the target that i was aiming for was to get you to this episode um not that you needed help getting there but um now we're in uncharted territory and i don't know what's coming for the finale so i guess before you know we have our like final reckoning with season one of the romanoffs with with next week's episode which is as much a mystery to me as it is to the rest of you guys except for the fact that i know it. Co-stars Ben Miles, who's an actor I quite like. Uh, I've seen him on the British stage. You might also know him from Coupling or Crown Season 1. Uh, and Hugh Skinner, who is another actor I really like, uh, who was in Fleabag and, uh, Mamma Mia 2 <laughs> and like a bunch of other stuff. Um, that's, that's kind of all I know. in a log line about a man trying to escape a family curse, which sounds very Romanoffy to me. But like, what are you hoping this final installment, um, does or does it have a responsibility to do something to put like a period or an ellipses on the end of this or to act as a referendum on this this season of television
2: I mean I would be I would be satisfied it with the whole experience if it does sort of make some grand summation and tie them together and we've obviously had the loose ties like it, you know there's a quick reveal in in this episode that Anka's character her cousin is Mitchell, mitchell's character from the last episode right uh, um you know, maybe some of those ties shore up, but not necessarily. Um But it's funny, you know, I think about the finale, the this, this series finale of Girls and the penultimate episode of Girls. And I think the penultimate episode was so gorgeous and really, uh, you know, considered and concluded in some ways a lot of that show's themes. And then the, the last episode was kind of, was this extraneous thing that I didn't... um uh it didn't work for me, and so I'm wondering if this is going to be a similar thing but i'm 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 holding out hope that there will there will uh, a a sense of uh a closed theme will will present itself by the end of the, the the last episode,
0: yeah, you know like I feel like we've been really up and down on this season and um maybe more interested in Matthew Weiner directing things that he's co-written. Uh, rather than things he's written on his own. And I, I honestly think that that's just so true of like, so many creators is like uh, the more voices uh, the better or or you know if you're not just like in an echo chamber um and and so I, I really responded to this episode as it was written by this other couple and and you know m- you know my favorite episode was also written by someone else and so uh, you know I'm, I'm curious to see what what all Matthew Winter has to say to wrap it all up um and you know we will we'll withhold sort of judgment on the season as a whole but I do feel like that final installment has uh, I think this I actually think this episode would have been a really good thing to end on as you say the penultimate yeah. episode. And so now I'm like okay what well, was so good that you're holding it for the end and can it possibly top you know Catherine Hahn in Knitwear in Russia? I don't know. Um but Right, cuz there has
2: to have been a reason why the episodes were scheduled this way.
0: Yeah, presented you know. the way they were presented and what was held back and what wasn't and all of that. So, um you know uh, finales are often held back so i'm not reading anything major into that necessarily but um why you know yeah you know, the question we're going to want to ask which we haven't necessarily been asking throughout i guess i would ask why that first episode was the first episode um and i would ask why this last episode is the last episode since we're not telling a linear story what why does it matter to put the pieces together the way that they've been put together so mm-hmm. yep all right well until next week where can people find you
2: not in Vladivostok, I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, they can find me uh, on Twitter at rylaws and on VF.com. Where will you be until the end?
0: Uh, you will find me patrolling my local grocery store with a large gun and army fatigue, threatening <laughs> to shoot anyone who smiles. Um, <laughs> uh, otherwise, you can find me on VF.com. You can find both of us on the podcast Little Gold Men. And happy holidays to one and all, I suppose.
1: Andas hotels and resorts blur the line between luxury hotel and locale Immersing you in your destination in every sense From the dynamic energy of Wall Street to the pristine natural beauty of Costa Rica Discover more at Andas.com
2: The run for Vogue is where you'll meet all the most exciting people in fashion and culture I am Fran Libuic. Um who should be the mayor of New York We all support
3: that, we support that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Very nice.
0: Nikki. Yes. It's been really great being in this beautiful pink room. All
1: right, Asha, can you hear us?
2: I can hear you. All right. Can you hear me?
1: We can. We can.
2: All right, here we are.